Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So honor you. Just encourage you with the, the ministry of the word in worship that I trust you're ministered to, but to, to be ministered by the word of God. We're going to go through a fair bit of scripture today. I think it's important on this topic because there's a lot of opinions and thoughts on it. I just want the Bible to speak. Let the Bible speak. Because it speaks a lot on this topic. And I'm only really concerned with what the Bible says. And you may think that's narrow-minded. Well, maybe it is. And what, two inches narrow? You know? This is the book. That's what I look at. And there are things that we don't understand fully, but we just take by faith. So I'm just going to, we're going to go through Scripture. I just desire to build faith in this room. Faith comes through hearing and hearing through the Word of God. And I trust whatever fingerprints are mine or on there are led by the Holy Spirit. And whatever's not of the Holy Spirit would fade away. I just encourage us, though, to open our ears, Lord. We open our ears. You know, we can often ask the Lord to open our ears. You open your ears. You open your heart. You gird your mind for action. You take ownership of yourself before the Lord. So we lift you high. We look to you. We exalt your name. We ask that you would speak. We look to you to release in this place today the promise of the Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to open with a metaphor. And I tried to find a more intellectually pleasing metaphor for you, but I couldn't. But a metaphor to just highlight exactly what I'm trying to say, right at the front. What I'm trying to get at here. And hopefully it's not too offensive in its simplicity. And of course, the metaphor is just highlighting one aspect of what I'm trying to get at. Don't stretch it too far. Hang on, hang on. There we go. Does anyone know what that is? It's a saw. So do you, what do you do with this thing? You saw wood. It's a tool. I know of no one that buys a saw to put it on the wall. And you'll notice an interesting tool. It's designed. You put your hand in that, that little wooden handle area. But you have to exert effort, and you saw. But it's a tool. Carpenter's tool. Anyone know what these are? Power tools. Hmm. That's a skill saw on the right, and on the bottom, it's, it's a cordless skill saw. One has to be plugged in all the time, and one has a battery that needs to be charged every so often. The design of that skill saw is, is solely to be used with power. In fact, it's but a paperweight without power. And if you've ever used your vacuum or anything that needs power, and there's a little niggle that knocks it out a bit, and you look over when it stops, you go, what happened? And you look at it, just even a bit out of the plug, it becomes useless. Have you ever tried to use a power saw without the ability to get power? It is absolutely useless. You can't even try and use it to cut. I hope to show you today that the Christian is called to walk in power. That you were designed for it. That when you entered the kingdom, the first thing that you were, one of, one of the first things you should receive is power. I'm going to let the Bible speak. 
Now, I think many of us here know that, but the challenge we have is we're more like the battery power, where we get charged up in God, we have a great service, and then we just get on with our life. And then we come back and we're drained and get charged up again. When we're always meant to be plugged in. We're always meant to be plugged into the source. We're meant to walk in the Spirit and in the power of God. That's what we're talking about today. It's not just for those who have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but for all of us. And I want, to, I want you to see that it's not an optional extra. And I want you to see that maybe this is why your life is the way it is. Because you're not plugged in. Pentecost. A very deep meaning. 50 days. That's what it means. It's celebrated yearly by the Jews. It's 50 days after the, the uh, resurrection of Christ. It's a, it's a time of grateful recognition, to com- a completed harvest. Um, and like I said, it's celebrated every year by the Jews. But we're most concerned about a particular Pentecost. A, one that was very significant. In fact, one that was prophesied 450 years before it happened by a guy called Joel. Here we go. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. It will come about, he's prophesying, he prophesies many things in this chapter. It's a fascinating book, it's only three chapters. It will come about after this, that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will have dreams, your young men will will see visions, and even the male servants, male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit. You have to understand at this time, the spirit was not poured out on people at all. There were a few people that the spirit came upon. It does say that Joshua had the spirit even within him, but it, it says it came upon Moses, and when Moses brought leaders on, it came upon them. So this is a fascinating passage to those who were listening at the time. He's going to pour out his Holy Spirit. Sons and daughters will prophesy. What is the purpose? God always has purpose in what he does. And I'm going to dive right into it here. Because Jesus explains to us the purpose of this. And this is Acts chapter 1. Just before the Lord's going to leave the planet, he gathers his disciples, gathering them together. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father has promised. Which he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. It's interesting how he, he, he quotes sort of what John was doing. Because John quoted what he was going to do. He said, behold the Lamb of God. Remember that? He who comes out after me, I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Speaking of Jesus. And Jesus references him. And he says he's going to baptize not too many days from now. That's intriguing. Their minds must be racing. What could it be? They already had authority to cast out demons. They had authority in Matthew 10. He'd given them authority when they went out. What is this new thing? In John 20, 22, he'd already breathed on them and given them the Holy Spirit. What's he speaking of here? Verse 6. So when they had come together, they began to ask him, Lord, is it time for you restoring the kingdom of Israel? They thought they were going to overthrow the Romans. 
But he said to them, it is not for you to know the periods of time or appointed times which the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and as far as the remotest parts of the earth. Jesus is leaving. He throws the keys to them, keys to death in Hades. He says, you guys are going to continue the ministry. You're going to further the kingdom of God. But they're going to be equipped for the task. Now, it's no surprise that Jesus would want to give them power to be a witness. You know, a witness has to see something, right? You can witness of Jesus, but have you seen him? Have you tasted him? You know, if, I stand, if I'm on the stand in, in a jury trial and they call me as a witness and I didn't, say, I didn't see what I say I saw, it's called perjury. Witnessing, I speak witnessing of Jesus. What Jesus said, what he's done. It's visceral, it's real, it's eyewitness accounts. No wonder, because this, look at this, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him. This is Peter with... Uh, in, with um, Cornelius, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, and God was with him. Amazing. That's Jesus. How about Paul? Interesting. Paul, Romans 15, 18. For I will not presume to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, resulting in the obedience of the Gentiles by word and deed in the power of signs and wonders, in the power of the Spirit, so that from Jerusalem and all around as far as Iconium, um, Illyricum, sorry, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Thank goodness Paul got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Imagine him trying to attempt this without... And Paul boasts in his weakness and dependency... My message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. Why, Paul? Why? Because it was in the demonstration of the Spirit's power. So your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. It's everywhere, man. Does this define our lives? This is not an optional extra. It's not a denominational perspective. So Jesus promised this. So what happened? Let's jump in to Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, a noise like a violent rushing wind came from heaven and filled the whole house they were sitting, where they were sitting. And tongues that look, looked like fire appeared to them, distributing themselves. And a tongue rested on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with different tongues. And the, um, tongues, as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out. Now, were the Jews residing in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the crowd came together and they were bewildered because each of them was hearing them speak in their own language. I mean, we're pretty used to this scripture. See, you've got to think the gravity of this. The Holy Spirit comes like a rushing wind. Fire comes upon them. And what's the very, what are the very first manifestations? The Holy Spirit takes a hold of their tongue. That's intriguing to me. 
Because James tells me the tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. But, but the Holy Spirit takes hold of the tongue. And they begin to speak in other tongues. You say, that's great, Nick. That's, that's, that's powerful, dude. That's awesome. But what about me? That was 2,000 years ago. So Peter's preaching. And at the end of his preach, they're pricked, they're pricked and convicted of their sin. And they say, what must we do, Peter? And he says this. And Peter said to them, repent to be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all of you, all who are far off. Are you guys far off? Everyone in whom the Lord God calls to himself. Are you called to him? Are you a Christian? Are you a child of God? He's talking to you. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued exhorting them, saying, save yourself from this crooked generation. Are we not in a crooked, wigged out, whacked out, psycho generation right now? Okay, so we're perfectly positioned. Good. And this goes on. I'm going to give you two more examples here. Gentiles. This is the big Gentile one. Remember, because Israel, Jews, it's, it's, they're very, this is not just about the Jews any longer. And Peter's preaching to Cornelius, a Gentile house. Doesn't really want to go, but God makes him go. And he's preaching to them. And while he's preaching to them, literally just preaching to them, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. So it's interesting, the Holy Spirit comes from above again, falls on them. All the Jewish believers who, became, be, who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had also been poured out on the Gentiles. How did they know that? How did they know that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out? For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. Then Peter responded, Surely no one can refuse water for these to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. Interesting. Let the Bible speak. Paul, we went through this when we were doing Ephesus and starting. This is his first introduction into Ephesus. And he, he meets John, some of John's disciples, essentially, is the context. And he asks him, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Which is a fascinating question to ask. Um, and they said, we've not even heard of the Holy Spirit. And so he instantly asked them, who were you baptized into? And they said, John's baptism. And it says this, Paul said, John baptized with a baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in him, who, believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. You will note the Spirit did not come from above this time. They were baptized with the laying on of hands. Amen. And this is not meant to be sort of a, a one-time thing, where this, this relationship with the Holy Spirit, where it's like, you know, it's, it's like, man, when, we, when I first got saved, the Holy Spirit and I were super tight. It was like a love relationship going on, but we faded a bit. God, need, God gives you, as soon as you come in, what, exactly what you need right now. 
end, for future. This speaks of, um, this speaks of the, the um, it should be Acts 13, I don't know why it says Romans 13, forgive me. And the disciples were continually filled with the Holy Spirit, or sorry, with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Continually. Continually. Built. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes, and then there's this relationship where there's a continual filling. Continual, I'll just give you the, the Greek definition of the word. Continually filled, to make full, to fill up, cause to abound, to furnish or supply liberally, to fill to the top, so that nothing shall be wanting, to full measure, filled to the brim, with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Would you say that defines your life? Would, you, would I say that defines my life? The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father. And I want to touch down here on how we position ourselves to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and how we actually receive just an infilling, a fresh touch, how we can position ourselves. Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words are what sustain me. They are food to my hungry soul. They bring joy to my sorrowing heart and delight to me. How proud I am to bear your name, O Lord. I have, no, I have not joined the people in their merry feast. I haven't got involved with all the junk. I sit alone beneath the hand of God. There is a fundamental principle in Scripture. It's those that are hungry and thirsty get fed. The peckish don't. But the hungry do. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And I encourage you today, we are we're naturally focusing in on the Holy Spirit, but you must hunger for the word, the bread, and the water. And I've noticed most people seem to choose one or the other. My denomination, I grew up in, chose this. But we're to hunger and thirst. We're to look for the bread and the water. This is a key element because you will push past the uncomfortable. You'll push past the status quo. Look at the people that were healed by the Lord, the two blind men that would not shut up. Can you imagine being in a crowd? They hear Jesus is here. Dude, Jesus is here. Yeah. They start screaming. And they're told to shut up. No, I ain't shutting up. Jesus is here. And Jesus comes all the way over to them. The woman with the issue of blood. The leper, Matthew 8. These are people that, this is the pinpoint. They, it's, it's Jesus or nothing. Hungry people. Hungry people sacrifice. Hunger seems to break pride in people. Thirstiness. I was looking at scenes in Venezuela as I saw people wearing their Puma shoes and so on. Digging in garbage is to eat because there's such a lack of food. Would you dig in a garbage? Well, it depends how hungry you get. If you watch what people do when they're hungry to feed their children, or in places in the, in the world where they walk 10 miles or 10K to get water. You say, I wouldn't walk 10K to get a bottle of water because you're not thirsty. And it's, so, it's everywhere. We're in a rainforest. Hunger and thirst. 
The Lord says in Isaiah 61, he says, no one stirs himself to come after me. Stirring yourself. It's a powerful scene to me. Just the gravity of it. Mel Gibson or somebody could probably do something pretty good with it. Because it's, it's, it's just, I mean, to them, it, it was like, what is he talking about? But to us now, you're like, so this is Jesus. John 7, 37. Now, on the last day of the great feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, that cry out is the same word that they use when a demon cried out. Like, it's, it's loud. He's, he's screaming this. He's screaming this in a crowd. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, faith, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he said in reference to the Spirit, very clear, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And as soon as the Lord was glorified, the Spirit came. God meets hungry and thirsty people. And dare I say, it's a prerequisite. This is, a key. this is the second one. I only got two. Ask. You say, what are you talking about, Nick? Simple scripture. Luke eleven thirteen. So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How would you summarize your life? Are you the corded skill saw? Are you the cordless skill saw? Or maybe you're just the saw. Is there life? The Spirit brings life to, life, to your life. Let me summarize. John 7 is clear. Come thirsty. Be ready. Take ownership. Often I feel it's like, Lord, just touch me. Touch me. Why don't you go touch him? That's what they did. They went, where's this ham? Why don't you, you're like, it's a stirring man. Are you content to live, to, to live the way you live till he comes? I'm not. Come to the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. Who is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit? Jesus. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with power. You have to drink. It's water. You have to drink. No one else can make you drink. Open your mouth. Even the Bible says, open wide your mouth and he will fill it. There's a position before God. And it's hard because you're in easy chairs. I get it. The release you must take something in for something to come out. Maybe there's not a lot of abundance of rivers flowing out of our belly because there's not much going in. There has to be a source. 
The infilling, the continual infilling, so it flows out. We must release through our mouths. I would exhort you releasing your tongue to God. Are you willing for the awkwardness? Are you willing for the shame? Are you willing for, eh, I could do without it. Can you? Who was more qualified to reach the world than those, those apostles? Three and a half years with Jesus Christ. He says, don't go anywhere. Who would be more ready? What seminary could equip better than what Jesus did? And he says, no, no, don't, 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 don't go anywhere. You will wait in Jerusalem until you've received the promise. Do you think you can do more than Paul without what Paul was given? I ask the Lord, I say, Lord, you want us to continue to further the kingdom? The wicked and perverse generation is probably no different than the time that Paul was in. And we're going to do it without what Paul was given? It's impossible. It is the skill saw. Unless it's plugged in, it's useless. It's a paperweight. And unless we embrace the Spirit of God, unless we embrace what God has, regardless of what humans around you think, do you fear men or do you fear God? Be aware of the objections that rise in you. I know this from experience. The accuser who, try, who, who accuses you, if, whether you, when you speak in tongues for the first time, he's like, that is, that's all you. You have to be aware of these things. As the Holy Spirit gave them utterance, they spoke. It is clear to me in Scripture that we're first and foremost called as children to God. Even the Lord's prayer is, Father. And if I, my child asks me for something, the Bible speaks of an egg, would I give them a scorpion? No. We by faith take hold. We by faith know that Jesus Christ sits at the right hand of the Father right now. I don't care what your culture says. Convinced. We by faith know that we have access to the Father. That we are called children of God because of Jesus. We are co-heirs with Christ. I don't care what kind of day I'm having. I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Remember the narrow mind? It's all in here. Okay. I'm going to ask you, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you would like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you would stand. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. If you need a filling afresh from the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'm going to lead us. I'm going to lead us in a prayer so it's really clear for you. I'm just going to ask you to relax though. To the one who does not work, but believes on the one who, unjusti- who justifies the ungodly, to them, their faith is counted as righteousness. You brought nothing to the game. It's good. It's good. Know that. Now look upon him. We focus in on him. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, 
I believe that you are the Son of God, and on the cross you died for my sins. And rose again from the dead. I trust you for the forgiveness of my sins. And for the cleansing of your blood. I believe that you have received me as a child of God. And because you have received me, I receive myself as a child of God. Now I'm just going to touch down on a few things that we find that can be challenges. I call it rocks that are damming the, the, the river. I'm just going to give time, so don't. Re- I'm going to say it. Don't repeat it. I'm just going. To, you may. God may put something that's blocking. Okay. And at the end, I'm going to. I'm going to take us through, and you're going to repeat it. But just listen to me. Don't repeat what I'm saying. Just allow it. But this is what we're going to do. If there's any resentment, any unforgiveness, I lay it down. I forgive every other person, as I w- would have God forgive me. If I have ever been involved in the occult. Tarot cards, fortune tellers, you can be offended, but yoga. If I've ever had any dealings with the occult, I lay it down. I acknowledge it as sin. I ask for your forgiveness. I loose myself now from every contact with Satan and the occult power in the name of Jesus. So that's what we're going to pray. A word came up. There's, there's people in this room that are still struggling and looking at pornography. You must repent of pornography and masturbation and all that goes with that. It must be rid from your life. Okay. Repeat after me. If there's any resentment any unforgiveness, I lay it down. I forgive every other person as I would have God forgive me. If I have ever been involved in the occult, I acknowledge it that as sin. I ask your forgiveness. I loose myself now from every contact with Satan. And occult power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for freedom. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We praise and exalt the Most High God. True to His Word. And now, Lord Jesus, I come to you as my baptizer in the Holy Spirit. I present to you my body to be a temple of your spirit. I yield to you my tongue to be an instrument of righteousness. To worship you in a new language. By faith I receive this now. And I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Now drink.
Receive. Open your mouth. Draw in. Drink. Just drink. Thank you, Lord. Just release. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We just, your release. We thank you, Lord. Release. 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 You have to open your mouth as the Spirit gives utterance. You are not a robot. You, are, you will work with the Holy Spirit. You will co-labor with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Release. Release. Drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Release. Release, release, release. Release. Thank you, Lord. 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 The promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. We are children of God. This is the promise to you and your children. This is the promise. We thank you, Lord, that we are corded drills and we need power. Your power. Not the power of the flesh. Your power. Release, release, release. We turn our eyes to Jesus. It's Jesus. There's no other mediator necessary. Release. Let faith arise in the hearts of women and men. Release. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Release, release, release. Release. Thank you, Lord. Release, release. Just continue to receive. Just drink. Open wide your mouth and he will fill it. Release, Lord. Release, Lord. Release, Lord. We can't do it without you. We're not intended to. We haven't been designed. We're not being designed to not walk in power. We're designed to walk in power. It's the very nature of our design. Release. 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 I'm just going to ask the, the, the worship team to, to go into the song here, but I want you to continue to look to Jesus to release. Release. Come unto me, all you are heavily laden. I will give you rest. You need to drink afresh. You need to drink afresh. The wells within you are dry. You've been baptized in the Holy Spirit before, but you've run dry. You're walking in the flesh. You're thinking in the flesh. Your power is in the flesh. That's why there's not much going on. There's a lot of smoke. We want fire. Thank you, Lord. Release. Release, release, release. It's all you, Lord. Let the religion of men fall to the ground. Release, release. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Drink, drink, drink. Drink. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.